Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Andy Addis, and special guest, Mark Clifton. We plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. Lord, when will your harvest come in? I'm giving all I've got to give In the place where I've been sent But will my labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes I feel so all alone Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope to that church on the corner of that forgotten little town to a room of empty peers where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you sow. But it just takes one willing soul to make him known. One willing soul. Merry Christmas to you, willing soul. My name is Andy Addis, and I am the volunteer rural strategist for the North American Mission Board Replant Team and also senior pastor of a a multi-site in rural America. And I want to say Merry Christmas to you. We are spending our very first Christmas together here at the RuralPastorPodcast.com. I am joined today by... This is Mark Clifton. That is Mark. <laughs> even even as we're starting this podcast, I'm trying to find a microphone that works. Actually, I've only got six of them here. Here's and, the issue. Oh, there's that cord again. I, I thought I, I thought, man, I've got one that works. And here's that. It's that same broken cord. <laughs> I got two cords that were either caught in a drawer or a cat. I think my cat. And. Uh, Anyway, so I sound like I'm in my bathroom, but I'm really not. It's not as bad as you think, and uh, and, and that is not oh, a bomb. Andy, Andy, I'm in rural ministry. It's always as bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is not a bah humbug for Mark. We are having a very special Christmas episode for yes. you here. Uh, yes. And and as he is joining us here, we want to let you know the Rural Pastor Podcast wants to pour into, partner with, and pat on the back that rural pastor. That's you because you're doing something important and you're not alone. And we are with you. Oh, and I see you don't get to see this. By the way, there's so much you don't get to see. I get to see the cat that is potentially the the villain in this tech story. Thank you for that, Mark. And uh, also, you what you don't know is this is like what our third take to just get this thing off the ground you, you, it's the third take and believe me three is not a charm i'm just <laughs> so what, what you've missed has been hilarity and frustration we're hoping that this becomes the winner uh as we do this now we're it's christmas season uh we've got we've got some special gifts to give away let's do this first of all we have a christmas episode right now this episode is going to be helping us move forward with all the expectations of christmas services and holidays then we're going to have a, a new year's kind of episode we're going to talk about capitalizing on fresh starts uh and then you know that theme music that we have by Chosen Road. That I've been told, and I've heard you say that that that's probably more popular than the podcast. The theme music. Well, that's definitely more popular than the podcast. Yeah, people email all the time. Hey, great podcast. How do I get a hold of that? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you would like an opportunity to hang out with Chosen Road, there is something at the end of March called the Rural Summit. It's going to be held in Salina, Kansas. It is going to be a two-day uh, event that is focused entirely on rural ministry. And not only will Chosen Road be there to lead us in worship, but you're going to see personalities on the stage like Mark Clifton. Yeah. Uh, I'll be there as well as some others. And we're going to spend some real time with you guys. And I definitely can tell you this. It is going to be in the top five, I bet top three, of the most easily priced conferences that you've ever been to. Not because it's not worth anything, but because it is being underwritten so well by those who really believe in rural ministry. If you sign up quickly, you have free hotel rooms. So we give you a free hotel room as well as your meals, your books, and unlimited access backstage to Chosen Road. <laughs> because there is no backstage. Oh, there is no backstage, <laughs> but nonetheless, you can tell your neighbors. That's amazing. If you want me to, I'll, I'll print up a backstage pass that you can wear around the, the conference center and feel important. But uh, seriously, make your plans to be with us. Bring your spouse. Come out have a great time in the beautiful mountains of uh, central Kansas. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> I, I hope you're okay with, with high elevation. And bring your elevation sickness. If, if you like the flatlands and the beauty of prairie, that's where we're going to be in Salina, Kansas. And I'm going to put a link to that conference in the description notes and all these social media posts. So uh, that's how you'll connect. Free gift, as well as if you go to ruralpastorpodcast.com, uh, you can get a hold of the book that um, Mark and I spent several weeks going through earlier this year called Doing More Together. It's the story of our church. It's really the story of, of every church uh, to encourage you and come alongside you to give you some ideas, and uh, we just have a ton of other resources there. We would love for you to enjoy that. So Merry Christmas from the Rural Pastor Podcast. Merry Christmas to you too. I want to ask a question. Now, I know this time of year, one of those icebreaker questions for Christmas things is, what's the favorite gift you've ever received? But that's dangerous because every church member is listening to see if you mentioned theirs, which you haven't seen since you put it on that shelf in the garage, right? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, so, I do. So let's flip it around. What is the favorite gift that you've ever given? And you always accuse me of not going first, so I'll go first here. Uh, that, go first. It is a love language for me. I I love giving gifts. One of my favorite, I, I don't know if anybody else can experience this, but when somebody says, I just love the way they look, for me, that's it. And last year, I, I reached the mountaintop. I, I, I met at the pinnacle. My wife, for years, has just wanted an old Jeep to bang around in as a second car. And I saved from camps and little events and hid this away. And I got her a 30-year-old YJ, 1991 Jeep. And um, I got to watch my wife on Christmas morning in the middle of the street melt down. And it was the greatest Christmas ever to just watch. And she, she has told me repeatedly for the last year, this is the greatest thing. This is so awesome. I love you so much. And the only problem I've seen with this is that I have peaked. I, <laughs> I, I will not be able to overcome this. And I've let her know several times, don't expect another Jeep this Christmas. I can't, can't pull it off. How about you, Mark? What's the, what's the greatest gift you've ever given? Well, thanks a lot, bro. I mean, <laughs> hey, I gave my wife a car. Okay, Mark, <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, thanks a lot. A toaster. So, yeah. Jeez, dude. No, it's I'll go first. I'll go first. I get my wife a car. What did you give your wife, Mark? <laughs> Listen, you're the one who wants me to go first. So, I just thought it was obliging right there. All right. All right. So, uh, let's just move right on. Let's just do that. Are we just so, skipping it? Is that what we're going to do? We're just skipping it. Okay. See, so it's my love language. There we go. And, 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 and what we just experienced there was expectations not being met. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
story of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Christmas, for those of us in ministry, is so full of expectations. you got family things, you got traditions, you got all this. But there are some statements that I think get kicked around in ministry, behind-the-scenes kind of statements, and I want to confront them. Some of them have some truth to them. Some of them are just absolute lies. But let's, let's just deal with this. When it comes to Christmas services, whether it's Christmas Eve or Christmas weekend, whatever that is, I hear guys say all the time, man, this is the Super Bowl for the church. This is the Super Bowl. And the truth is, it's not because every weekend should be the weekend that we give everything we got for the gospel. And when you put that weight on yourself, you make it out to be something that Christ isn't making it out to be. And you put a pressure on yourself that you don't need to put on yourself. So when somebody says that this, whether it's Easter or Christmas, this is the Super Bowl, um, I think that what we're doing is we're setting up cultural standards that make it too difficult for us to jump through hoops, especially when we're in rural America and we're dealing with low resources and we're dealing with um, some isolation and, and just the smallness of what we are. Because everybody's on social media and we see those giant churches with dancing nutcrackers crackers and a million lights and and all that going on, we think, well, we just can't compete. Well, stop. It is not the Super Bowl. It is a weekend that we remember the birth of our Savior. That's what it is. What are your thoughts there, Mark? Yeah. Well, here are my thoughts. I turned 63 last month, and um, when I was a child, a teenager, a young adult, and even a young pastor, uh, our tribe, Southern Baptist usually didn't have Christmas Eve services. That was something we did not do. Uh, we did have New Year's Eve services. We have watch night services. Did we you didn't really? have, Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't have Christmas Eve services um, for a reason that it was a little too liturgical and a little too much like the Roman Catholic Church and the Episcopals in town. And so basically, it wasn't just mm. my, I don't mean it's a church, it wasn't just my weird Baptist church I grew up in. That That's true for all Southern Baptists. Uh, I think you could look back into 40s, 50s, and 60s and say they really didn't have Christmas Eve services. Um, they didn't do Advent either. We never did Advent when I was younger in churches. We didn't do those things. So there's a couple of things that uh, in this generation of pastors and churches that uh, Southern Baptists did not used to do, uh, Advent and Christmas Eve services, and, and now they do. Um, and the issue is, I think the reason so many now do it is because so many of the of the culture want to come to a Christmas Eve service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm doing one at Linwood, uh, and it'll be big, and there'll be a lot of people there. And hear me, and hear me well. It's a great time to share the gospel, mm-hmm. and that's what we do. But also, I must tell you, on a personal level, I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we play into the sappy and shallow sentimentality of Christmas. Yeah. And we make people who have no relationship to Christ at all feel very good and warm because they went to a Christmas Eve service and sang Silent Night. And I, I have some trouble with that. Um, you know, if, if Christ is really the king, you're going to be there week after week. Uh, you know, it's like, well, let's go see the Christmas lights. Let's go, let's go see the Nutcracker, and then we'll go to Christmas Eve service. And it's like, no. I, so I'm just... I'm not being a curmudgeon about that. I, I, just, I just think that now everybody I say that to pushes back and say, hey, this is how we share the gospel. It's how we reach the unchurched. I get that. So that's why I do it, mm-hmm. because I want to reach folks that would come on that Sunday or that Christmas Eve and wouldn't come any other time. But I will tell you this. Every Christmas Eve service I've done, I have spoken about what the need for Christmas is. Amen. The need is we are in a sinful, broken, fallen world separated by God 
by God's separated by uh, from God's love, but an object of His wrath. I do say that on Christmas. You can't. You can't. I don't want to. I, I don't want to stand in front of in front of the Lord and, and, and when He when I'm in heaven, and and had an opportunity to share yeah. the gospel with these people, and I just sold them some sort of sentimentality that made them happy. Yeah, you can't share a Christmas message without talking about the Easter message. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. they must go together. And so that is the that is the point of this, that when people say it's the Super Bowl, what they're saying is that it needs to be an event, and it shouldn't be an event. It, every weekend is the Super Bowl. Every opportunity we get to share, uh, we, we should give it our all always. Let me quote our friend Spurgeon here. This is kind of a, a paragraph quote, but but I love this, because if we think, well, I got to have better lights, or we got to make sure we're theologically pure, there's no little drummer boy, and make sure there are no wise men at the manger, because they weren't there in the nativity, well, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, how about this? Spurgeon said, suppose a number of persons were to take into their heads that they had to defend a lion, full-grown king of beasts. There he is in the cage, and here come all the soldiers of the army to fight for him. Well, I should suggest to them, if they would not object and feel that it was humbling to them, that they should kindly stand back and open the door and let the lion out. I believe that would be the best way of defending him, for he would take care of himself. And the best apology for the gospel is to let the gospel out. It's not about the bells and whistles of Christmas. It's not about the the, the traditions of the season. It's about the gospel. And if we let that loose into the hearts and lives of people and hearts and lives and homes are changed, that's going to be the best Christmas ever. I agree. Totally. I do. Amen. So when you when you hear that phrase or you have that thought that Christmas, oh, this service, this is the Super Bowl, don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Here's a second reason people do that, though. Another expectation. People say, this is our biggest visitor weekend ever. And you know what? I'm going to argue, Mark, that it might have been at one point in time when visitors come to church. But I believe I've heard a couple of wise guys on another podcast, that would be you and your buddy Tom, who've told us that the average church attender is now one to three times a month. And that Christmas right. and Easter is not when visitors show up. It just happens to be when all of your members show up at the same time. And we took right. a survey a couple of years ago of uh, who showed up. Now, we do, we do Christmas Eve, Christmas Adam, and Christmas Eve Adam services. We'll do three days early because that is our thing. Uh, and we it's a great gospel presentation opportunity, but it is five to seven services in a row. And when we do it, I mean, we triple the number of people that we see. When we did that, here's what we found out. Less than 15% were visitors. Less than, it, it was just all of our people showing up at the same time. So there's this huge stress that this is some kind of, we must get the gospel out. But I would say this, it's turned into something else. It's a great time to cast vision for your church because it's when your whole church is gathered. Yeah, I would say that's very true. And I would also say that if we're talking to rural pastors primarily, um, we don't have large churches and the the some of the larger mega churches will have huge really christmas uh, i mean presentations i mean yeah. you know like pageants broadway musical pageant exactly i you will get visitors come to that i mean i i do think that's probably true but in terms of just your normal christmas eve service in a normative sized church you're basically going to get all your members and if they have any out of town relatives they may bring their out of town relatives uh the grandparents may come with them so I agree. It is not this huge thing where you got all these tons of visitors. It is a thing primarily for you and, and for your, your, your body of believers. And so it's a great time to come together and, and celebrate being together as a family of Christ in this local church 
on this day and when we really celebrate the birth of Christ. So yeah, make it more of a family gathering than trying to make it some sort of where you're going to reach uh, and have a big pageant or something that you, that's, don't punt beyond your coverage or don't, what am I trying to say? Don't out punt your coverage, Isaiah. Don't try to do more than you can because then it looks really weak and, and stuff. So uh, yeah. live within your means. Uh, we're doing new Christmas Eve at Linwood. All of my musicians are going to be out of town. So I'm doing all pre-recorded music. So I've just kind of laid out the music. It's all pre-recorded, very simple. We'll have a good time. It'll be fun. Uh, we'll, we'll present the gospel. We'll light candles. Um, and we'll be we'll be good, and we won't have any big presentation. Don't have any live music, but it'll be all right. Uh, it'll be great. And, and if we change that focus and take again that weight, off, rural pastor, take that weight off your back. It's not every lost person in town that's showing up to your church that weekend. You should always present the gospel. Give that opportunity. But what this is, change the focus up. It's primarily your people showing up at the same time. What a great time to cast vision and to be a family together. And that should be relaxing instead of a burden to you. All right. So a couple of expectations. This is the Super Bowl. Not really. Uh, this is our biggest visitor weekend. Well, no. This one just kills me. And and. I've been preaching for a number of years, so have you. Every Christmas comes rolling around, you're thinking about that Christmas message. You go, I got to come up with something new. How do I keep this fresh? Right? How, I mean, and I would challenge you in this don't come up with anything new because if you do, you're wrong. <laughs> We've been preaching the same story for 2,000 years. And if there was ever a weekend in which people said, no, we want you to preach what we've always heard, they know the story. They want to hear it again. It's the birth of Christ and the coming yeah. of the Savior. You, you don't have to be novel uh, at this time of season. It's the one time that Sister Susie sings a lot, isn't going to come up to you and go, well, you preached this message in 1977, and I wrote it in my Bible, and tries to chastise you for not writing something new. Christmas, don't be new. Uh, just be renewed with the gospel. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Don't struggle and try to find a brand new angle at it. You just tell the story of Jesus, tell the story of his birth. And uh, we, we'll do a podcast coming up sometime on sermon, uh, how you prepare and study for a sermon. Um, and uh, we'll talk a little more about that. I think sometimes guys try too hard mm. to be too creative and too in-depth and uh, work too hard. At, they don't at that part. They don't need to. Uh, certainly, but I think that's true on Christmas Eve. I just share the Christmas story. That's why people, that's what, there's no, nothing better than that. So you don't have to have some cute and unique angle at it. I mean, you know, Hey, I'm not Alistair Begg, you know, I'm not Tim Keller, you know, I'm just, I don't have that giftedness, you know, but they're not at Linwood and I am. So I'm just going to do what I do at Linwood. And I love the way those guys can be very creative and man, you, you hear them do a Christmas messaging, man, I never thought about that. But that's not me. I'm just going to do it the way I've always done it and the way Christ has uh, put it in my heart to do, share it with authenticity and with uh, with some passion. Yeah. And like I said, the line will take care of himself. And, and God called you to that place, and he's going to give you what you need, so don't try and be those other things. All right. Yeah, exactly. Expectations so far. This is Super Bowl. I, oh, go ahead. I, I did try to do my entire Christmas homily with a Scottish accent, and it, it didn't go very well. Why would you do that? Like Alistair Begg, he sounded so good, and I thought, you know, I'll just give this a shot. You know? uh, but what do you think? And it didn't. It, it was sort of a cross between Australian and Scottish and West Virginian. So it, it was just—it's like the old seminary joke about the pastor who listened to a Billy Graham sermon at the end of his message. He he said, "I see them coming, the thousands, the ten thousands." Yes, the buses will wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. You know, 
All right, Christmas expectations. This is the Super Bowl. No, this is our biggest visitor weekend. Probably not. I got to come up with something new. Quit putting that stress on you. How about this one? Christmas is just too commercial. Now this this is interesting because I want to I want to agree with it and then disagree with it. We we don't even do this service, so we don't do that because Christmas is too commercial. And I would say, yeah, so don't do that, but be a missionary and exegete your community. Uh, we're going to ask, another, the final question is kind of a hard question. It's a little divisive, but it's going to lead into this. But like in in our congregation, uh, I'm a multi-site pastor, so I have a dozen locations. Christmas looks a little different at each of those places. They're, they're going to have to exegete their community. What's the best thing for this family? What's the best timing? What are the traditions of the city that we want to tap into? And what are the ones that we don't want to tap into? But don't just throw a blanket over the whole season and bah humbug it. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I go out on Black Friday just because I want to be there to pray over the masses. You know what I mean? I think it's hilarious to, 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 to throw an elbow to get a, a video game. Uh, and that's the kickoff to the holiday season. <laughs> Black Friday, but but that is not a part of my my faith experience. I enjoy the holidays. We don't write it all off, but we have to find the places. I love Christmas because even the most unchurched folk will have their door cracked open just slightly because of Christmas magic, which is nothing but the gospel is. The door will be cracked open because of faith, hope, and love, which they define differently, but we might be able to redefine for them. I love the opportunity. So Christmas is too commercial, but just never forget that Christmas was originally created to write over another holiday to elevate Jesus, and that's what we're still doing today. Yeah, it really is. And um, I, I just think sometimes we just need to chill out on a lot of this stuff and just do what we can do, which is share the gospel and share the good news of Jesus. And, and as you said, realize that the door has been opened somewhat, uh, for our people that maybe the rest of the year, they're not interested in anything about Christ, but you know, at Christmas, yeah, I might be uh, willing to go to a Christmas Eve service. I might be willing to, to listen to some, uh, Christmas messages. So it's, it's an opportunity. I agree. But as I said, when we started this 20, 25 minutes ago, be careful not to fall into the shallow sentimentality of it. Amen. Make sure that you present it, you present a robust gospel, a full-fledged gospel of truth and love in the gospel. Uh, don't miss that opportunity. Uh, that's critically important. But if you'll present the full, robust gospel, use every opportunity to do that for sure. All right, I have one last expectation, and this is we've been we've saved the best for last. This won't take long to discuss, but it will be divisive. And I know it'll be divisive because I've seen debates all over social media. And here's the problem. I don't see anybody given any kind of leeway. It is black or white. You are either with me or you are a heretic. And here's the question. When Christmas falls on a Sunday, do you should or you shouldn't? have Christmas services. And and I, I say it because the expectation has fallen on either side of that. You say, well, no, because of, or yes, because of. And and there has been no grace in all of this. So let me let me just caveat this by saying, again, we have multiple locations in our church. What are we doing? Yeah, we're doing both. Because we do have one location where they're going to do seven Christmas Eve services that lead up to that. 
And that location pastor says the best thing in the world to do is to let them have Christmas Day with their family and do an online service. And we have other locations that don't do Christmas Eve, but they want to gather as a faith community. And again, exegeting your community and knowing what you need and letting those pastors do that. But quit throwing stones at people uh, who, um, here's the issue. You're going to get pushback from somebody. I can't believe you didn't have a service from the guy who showed up three times the last quarter. You know what I'm talking about? Because he was going to a game or he was doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, I don't think that we can find a chapter and a verse that will tell one side of this debate they're always right when Christmas Day falls on a Sunday and you have to make decisions based on Christmas Eve services and your volunteers and your family. Um, I, I think we just need to let pastors be wise and let the Holy Spirit direct them as to what's best for their community and best for their congregation. Okay. I kind of disagree, but that's okay. Go for it. I want to hear it. <laughs> uh, I don't look, you don't have to have your regular service on Sunday morning. You probably shouldn't. It's Christmas Eve. The first, when I was planting the church years ago, um, years and years and years ago, uh, the first Christmas that we had the church plant going was on a Sunday. Mm. And so I said, okay, you know what? We had about 20 or 25 people meeting in a school. And at that point, we couldn't have the school on Christmas morning. It just oh, wasn't going to work. Yeah. I said, hey, just come over to our house. Christmas morning, we'll have church at the pastor's house. And it was great. So they came over to our house, and we had it was one of the best services we've had in that new church was all at my house. Had a big crowd there that morning, probably more than if we'd said we're going to be at the school. Wow. And they came to our house on Christmas morning. Uh, here at Linwood, I told the, the staff, well, all you know, staff, you know what I mean, just the, the guys, who, the people who normally lead everything, the music, write the bulletin, do the announcements, take care of the children. I said, look, whatever you got to do Christmas, do it, whatever. But I'm going to be there Christmas morning and uh, my wife and I will be there and we'll have some tape music and whoever shows up, uh, we'll sing some carols. We'll talk about Jesus. We'll pray and we'll, we'll do that. I think you can do that. I don't, you know, most rural churches aren't having seven Christmas Eve services. That right. Weekend. Right. Most are none or one. And I think you can drive up there if you're the pastor and you and your wife or you and another guy can sit there, and if anybody comes, you can sing some carols and talk about Jesus. And I, I just don't think we need to try to reproduce necessarily the full Sunday service like we always have. I don't think it's probably appropriate to ask Sunday school teachers to be there on Sunday morning. They may be with their grandchildren. They may need to go out of town. I, I get that. So I don't think you raise the expectations, Andy, of telling people, look, if you're not here on Christmas morning, man, you're, you're – your uh, your commitment to Christ is really weak, and it's his birthday. You should be here. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, you yeah. know, as a pastor, you know, just go ahead and, and show up. And, and it's a great thing about a church of, like ours of 40, 50 people. Christmas morning, we'll probably have 15 or 20, maybe. But I'll be there, and we'll talk about Jesus, and we'll sing, and it'll be a great morning. And we'll and uh, so that's what we'll do. So that's kind of the approach I take on it. Yeah. Uh, I certainly don't want to impress or rather imply that all of my leaders need to be there. Everybody needs to be there. We need to be a regular Sunday morning. I think that's unrealistic for sure. Uh, but See, I think it's realistic. That, 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 you say you disagree. That's I, I'm a hundred percent with you. That's you exegeting okay. the community. That's saying, yeah, this is what we need. We're going to do a scaled down version. Some people are going to do a robust version. Some people are going to do an online version. Uh, but yeah, I, I, what I, what I'm tired of seeing is the unbelieving world watching Christians call each other out because of this nuance and, and yeah. really get ugly about it. Oh yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I get, there's some guys that just, they just spend their whole life on Twitter and <laughs> Trying to figure out what's wrong with everybody else, and uh, trying to get yeah, everybody. That, are you ready for this? I've been practicing this. You're going to try and get everybody Twitter pated. 
Yeah, I yeah. guess so. <laughs> and then you meet these people in person, and they're totally fine. They're nice, kind people. And they got, what, what, where's this Twitter attitude you come off? Because in person, you're not like that. I've, I've met some that way, frankly. Yeah, well, they're do- like, a dog behind a fence that barks at you all the way down the sidewalk, and then when you get to the open gate, they don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. It. Yeah. All right. All right. So a lot of expectations. The whole purpose of this, Pastor, is that we want to take some of the weight off you. The culture and the the church rhythm will will have the opportunity to really oppress you. So here, let me let me just give you a church strategy. Four things that I'm going to list in order, and uh, I'm going to see if uh, our teacher Mark Clifton will grade this. So here are the four strategies for doing Christmas well in, in your rural context. First of all, be committed to clear over clever. You don't have to. To be the newest and the greatest. You don't have to have things that sparkle. Just be clear. And what do you be clear about? Share the gospel, share the vision, and then fourth, do it with excellence like you do every weekend. Whatever you do, just do it like you like you bet the best that you can do. So four statements. How do you do this? Be clear over clever. Make sure it's about sharing the gospel. Make sure it's about sharing the vision. And then just do whatever you do with the excellence that you can do. How about I like that? it. An A for that, or a B, <laughs> or a B. Yeah, you don't give away A's. I understand how that works. No, I don't. You got to earn one around me. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we know Christmas is full of family stresses and economic stresses, and with the world as it is, it's just crazy. We want to try and take some of that weight off of your back. So please listen to this podcast, share it with others, and, and truly embrace this. Just be clear over clever. Share the gospel. Share the vision. Do the best that you can, and uh, and don't put undue burdens and weights on yourself. It's going to be a great time, and you're going to be able to share the love of Jesus with whoever God brings your way, and we're going to let him do amazing things in you and in them. So Merry Christmas to you. We're going to see you again on the other side of this holiday, and uh, we will have a little bit of a Happy New Year message. But between now and then, we just want to say thank you for being a part. What a blessing to have you here at the Rural Pastor Podcast. And once again, Merry Christmas. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town To a room of empty pews where His love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you've sown But it just takes one willing soul to make Him known Thank you so much for joining us at the ruralpastorpodcast.com. A special thanks to Chosen Road for this incredible theme music, to 180 Digital, our corporate sponsor, and you can check out both of them at our website as well as other resources because you're not alone. And Rural Pastor, we believe in you at the ruralpastorpodcast.com.